Man, it's good to see you guys. Thank you so much for being here, worshiping with us this morning. Thank you guys for leading us. Thank you, Matt Loxley, for he's kind of the unsung hero. You know, he's like over here, like playing every instrument. I'm going to request harmonica next week. Uh, often overshadowed by the guitar hero and the voice of the angel. And <laughs> it's, it's too easy. I don't even have I don't even have a name for Jenna yet. I'll I'll come up with one by next week. How about that? We'll wait till she's here so we can laugh with her, right? But uh, too too easy. Oh man, we uh, we are in this series. By the way, I want to just make mention. Thank you to the folks that uh, uh, went with our kids to kids camp this week. They had a great week at kids camp. Uh, and I was wrong last week about our student camp. Turns out we had five students come to Christ uh, last week uh, at, uh, at our student camp. So uh, just uh, already been an exciting summer and uh, some more things ahead and all that. So extremely grateful for all the folks that work. Uh, if you work with our children, if you work with our students, thank you so much. Uh, I know that there are times you probably question uh, your life. Uh, when you're doing that, uh, and uh, I'm here to tell you that it is worth every minute that you put into it. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for loving them. Thank you for um, showing Jesus to them. Thank you for sometimes smacking them upside the head when they need that. I, don't, I probably can't say that today, but uh, whatever. Uh, you know what I mean. And uh, no, it's it's good. And uh, it's just so grateful, grateful to be a part of a be a part of a body that has so many of those folks, and uh, so grateful for them. Uh, we are uh, in our series on uh, the letters of John, uh, and if you've got a Bible, I want to have you get it out uh, and turn with me to First John there toward the end uh, of the New Testament, toward the end of Scripture, uh, and go there with me. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles. They'll be glad to bring you one. You can throw your hand up if you need one, uh, but we're going to First John chapter 2 today. Uh, we've been walking through... Uh, these little Johns uh, and uh, uh, together, and uh, I'm 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 enjoying it. Uh, it's speaking to me, uh, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, and then every once in a while, you come across a passage where you're like, "Oh, there you go. There's something." We gotta we gotta talk through that, and that's that's honestly kind of one of those passages today. But it's not it's not necessarily that it's bad. <clears throat> it's just one of those things. It's like <sighs> I think you realize along the way that you it was easy to believe something just because you heard it kind of thing you ever you ever been told something that later on you thought was true and later on you found out it was a lie you know I'm sure that's never happened to you but it's happened to me a few times uh, in life uh, you know I can name a couple of politicians maybe that led me down a road of thinking one thing that was probably not true whatever uh, but for that matter we could probably think of all kinds of of friends growing up and whatever else that uh, you know have done the same for us and, uh, you know, I think that this passage as a whole, uh, it actually speaks to that, but it actually also contains one of those things uh, that I think a lot of believers think a certain way about something, but in actuality, it's not true. Um, you know, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I think, I think it'll be good for all of us. First uh, John chapter 2. And in verse 18 uh, is where we're going today. And this, this section right here uh, talks about the Antichrist uh, or uh, Antichrists, plural. So we're going we're to look at that. Uh, let's look at this. Verse, chapter, verse 18 of First uh, John chapter 2 says, Children, it is the last hour as you have heard that Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. 
Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. And if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out, that it might become plain that they are not of us. Let's stop right here. This is a this is uh, already, you know, jumps, he jumps in real fast on this. Of course, he's been, you know, we're picking up in the middle of a passage here uh, as we've been walking through these passages together. Uh, you know, and I think that you have to remember that. I think, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, one of the things that uh, I picked up on uh, actually from uh, the Gospel Transformation Study Bible made note of this uh, that I thought was pretty awesome was that what we're seeing here is we're seeing... Uh, you know, really kind of a, a series of tests, doctrinal tests of trying to help us to understand if we are believers or not. Uh, and if you go back, and I'm not going to go back, but I'm going to give them to you. So if you want to go back and check them out, you can. Uh, but in the same, in the same uh, chapter, 1 John 2, if you go back to verses 3 and 6, uh, you see John bringing up uh, that you would know them by their way, by the way they walk, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and then in verses 1 through 11 and 15 through 17, by, the, by our love and what we love. Uh, you know, also kind of a test of like, you know, is this person a believer, so to speak, kind of thing. And then here, again, uh, we, have this, we have this other, you know, this third kind of uh, warning test, if you will, uh, you know, of, you know, if the truth is about Christ, uh, that he abides in us. And we're going to get to that in this passage. But, um, you know, here, basically what we see is we see John, he's, he's given us a warning. This is a warning. Okay, this is a this is a this is how you tell people apart kind of thing. This is a you know look at them by their spots, so to speak. My um, second oldest daughter, London, when she was really little, became obsessed with birds of prey. She'd be like three years old and like spotting birds and be like, oh, that's a you know a whatever hawk you know and all this kind of stuff and that's a this and this you know kind of eagle and that's a something something owl or whatever it is you know and I mean just just all this craziness and and we would take her places the zoo or you know I remember going to like a national park one time and and talking to somebody for a minute uh, like a ranger or somebody and we would tell the people that and they would be like, oh, that's you know that's cute you know and then and then she would speak up and she would start to tell them stuff and they'd be like, oh. Whoa. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a little crazy, you know, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's funny. Like you know, when you really know something about something, like an animal, you know, that you can tell it apart from other animals that are very much alike with it. And so, you know, I think John is trying to help us do that here. Uh, I think it's I think it's a twofold. I think it's a two part warning for us. I think it's a a two part warning. We don't want to fall into this. Number one. Uh, but number two, he wants us to, to have a better understanding of, of why some of the things that happen around us with people do happen uh, as they happen. He's using a term here, though, uh, antichrist, you know, antichrist, you know, however you want to say it, uh, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, is one of those terms that I, I, we definitely have put some stock in and what we think that is. And if I took a poll today of everybody in the room and said, you know, what do you think the antichrist is? Well, you, you know, and say, you know, just jot some things down what you think it is. What do you think Scripture says about it? And without opening up the Bible to just jot something down real quick, I think a lot of people would kind of give us, you know, like the, 
you know, left behind version, uh, you know, and some of these kinds of things that, uh, you know, were popular uh, many years ago and became, you know, a very big part of the culture when talking about eschatology, that is the study of end times. Um, and the truth is, is that the word antichrist is not used in scripture except in the letters of John. It doesn't even appear in the book of Revelation. So this term that, you know, we might not really know what it means, John is actually helping us to understand right now. This is the teaching on what does this mean, you know, kind of thing. As he starts going through some of these things, and he's going to give us a whole bunch of things to how to determine what an antichrist looks like. First of all, I think one of the things that is, is interesting to note if you go back to verse 18, it says, Children, it is the last hour as we have heard that Antichrist is coming, so, that, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. So, so there's, a, there's a timing on the Antichrist or Antichrists, uh, and, and that timing is the last hour. We are in the last hour. You're like, what? Yep. We're in the last hour. So the term last hour or elsewhere in Scripture referred to as the last days is the time period after Jesus, okay? So it is the time period after Jesus has come, lived, had ministry, uh, was uh, uh, killed on the cross, uh, resurrected from the grave, went back to be with the Father. This time past Jesus is known as the last hour. I think, I think, again, a lot of people, we take, you know, we got a lot of Kirk Cameron movies, movies to kind of get out of our system. God love him. He's, I think he's a good dude, and I think he loves Jesus, uh, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, but don't go to movies for your theology, okay? Go to Scripture. Uh, and so uh, the, the, the idea of these things, I think so, for so many of us, like, oh, last hour, it's like literally we have an hour. Well, no, but I think the terminology is there to create some urgency for us. And I think for us to understand, I mean, obviously, how would you, I mean, I guess you, yeah, you could have had Antichrist before Jesus because, I mean, uh, you know, I won't get into all this, but I mean, basically, all of Scripture is pointing to Jesus. If you haven't figured this out, the whole of Scripture is the story of God. The Old Testament is pointing forward to Jesus. The New Testament, of course, has, you know, right there about Jesus, we have the Gospels that tell the life of Jesus, and then the rest of the New Testament is pointing back to Jesus. You know, so it, it's, it's really like, you know, God's plan from beginning, you know, crushing uh, the head of the serpent, the whole nine yards from Genesis on, has always been about Jesus, you know. Uh, we had this great discussion in uh, my little guy's Bible study this past Tuesday night over some very fine pizza uh, in Nashville, and, uh, you know, we were talking about this, the, the, the question of, you know, how, how do people in the Old Testament, how were people in the Old Testament saved? Do you know? It's through Jesus, through Jesus. I encourage you to look it up. I'm not going to give you where it is. But there are scriptures that help us to understand that even the people in the Old Testament trusted in the promises of God, okay, and that in those promises they were trusting that one day a Messiah would come to save them, and they were trusting their redemption in him, believing that God would do what he said he was going to do in all these promises and all these prophecies. Here, it says, children, it is the last hour as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, that many Antichrists 
have come. So it's not just, it's not just one. You know, and I think, I think for so many years, you know, I don't know what it was, it was like the 80s, 90s even, uh, you know, there was like all this like, <clears throat> you know, talk of like, is, has the Antichrist come? Like this one, you know, individual that, you know, is going to pretend to be, you know, the Messiah, pretend to be Jesus, but they're going to be a phony, they're going to be a fake, they're going to try to lead the world astray or whatever it may be. And the truth is, is there are those people. Those people have come. We've seen plenty of people come along uh, the way over the years, and some of them more famous than others, most of them not very famous at all, but, uh, you know, David Koresh comes to mind as one of them, you know, that claim that they are Jesus, that claim that they are the Messiah, you know, but then what happens with them? Something happens, they end up dying, they are dead, they don't, they don't not, they're not Jesus, right? You know, and so for us to understand that the term Antichrist can mean both someone who is a op- Christ opposer uh, and someone who is uh, uh, a Christ imitator, you know, it can be either one, but truth, uh, just going by the wording of that, but truthfully, here in John, his teaching is really all about the opposer. It's really not about the trying to be the imposter, you know, take on it. So uh, as it goes on in verse 19, it says, they went out from us and they were not of us, but they were not of us. If, if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might be become plain that they are not of us. Now, it's going to go on and talk about this just a little more. In fact, let's go ahead and keep reading verse 20. It says, but you have been anointed by the Holy One, and and you all have knowledge. I write to you because uh, you do not know, I'm sorry, I write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Now, this whole uh, Antichrist you know, going out from us piece. This is, this is an interesting piece. Uh, I think it's important to note, it's, it's real easy, I think, for the mind to kind of go immediately to people that we know that maybe have left uh, the church, so to speak, over the years. Uh, you know, maybe you've seen, maybe you've been a part of a church where you saw like a mass exodus of people, you know, or whatever. I don't think that John is saying everybody that leaves a church is an antichrist, okay? Uh, I, I think that it's important to note that. And John does give us and is going to give us, and we're going to have a list, what I would say is probably the complete list of things and how to determine if someone is or was an antichrist. Uh, and again, a Christ opposer, okay? So it's someone that's against Christ, someone that's against the gospel, okay? And so, you know, I think that's all weighing in on this, and that's important for us to know. Uh, but part of, one of the things that we know about them after knowing uh, that the last hour thing, you know, it shows, knowing that they are here shows us that it is the last hour. Uh, We know that there are many of them. We see that in verse 18. It says, so many antichrists have come. And then here in verse 19, uh, we have uh, that they went out from us. They left us. They're not of us. They did not stay with us. And so one of the tells on Someone that is an antichrist would be somebody that doesn't stick around. Eventually, you know, they may look like us, may talk like us, they may say that they believe things that we believe. And in the end, I'm not talking about like people get upset about, you know, the color of the carpet or, you know, that the preacher was crying last week or whatever, uh, you know, but talking about like, you know, 
literal doctrinal differences, like they're, they're not believing the gospel. And in fact, that goes really deep, and we're going to see that here in the scripture. Uh, let's just keep going here. It says, uh, verse 20 again, it says, but if you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge, I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Now, John here is trying to encourage us with something, okay? He's trying to help us to see something that's really important. He's trying to help us to see that, and, he, and he's given some encouragement to go along with it. He's like, he's like, I'm not writing to you because you don't know anything. It's like, I'm writing to you because you do. I'm writing to you and trying to help you to see who these folks are and to remember that, that your knowledge is based in truth. This is, this is really big for us. This is really big for us. You know, I think, uh, I think for us to just, you know, even just get this little piece of, of understanding, you know, and this is one of a couple that he's going to give us here in the passages, uh, you know, but that we can stand in the word. And he's going to come back to that. In fact, we'll keep going. Verse 22, it says, who is the liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the antichrist. He who denies the father and the son. No one, verse 23, no one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. So verse 22 here, you know, where it starts out, says, who is the liar? So we have that word to go with, you know, as an antichrist. They are someone who is a liar. But not only are they a liar, they, they also deny that Jesus is the Christ, they deny that Jesus is the Messiah. This, this to me is what separates God's church from a cult or a world religion that is, you know, kind of a made-up thing. It, it, it's, it, folks, it's all about Jesus. It's all always about Jesus. If, if the Lord ever moves your family away, you know, you end up in another church, or 20 years from now, or 50 years from now, or whatever, you're sitting in this church and it's not about Jesus, you're in the wrong place. It has to be about Jesus. It has to be built on the understanding that God the Father sent His Son to die the death that we deserve on a cross, being the perfect, the perfect sacrificial lamb, so to speak, living the perfect life. He was the only one that could do this. He gave his death in place of ours, what we deserve for our sin, that we might be forgiven. This is huge. This is huge for us. And this is the central message of our faith. This is the central message of what we believe. We, we hang our hats solely on the, the Christ uh, crucified and then resurrected from the dead, that he rose again three days later, that the grave couldn't keep him. He overcame death for our behalf that we will have eternal life. John gets to that here in a minute. Here he's saying they are liars. They deny that Jesus is the Messiah. He goes on verse right there, verse 22. This is the Antichrist, he says. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. So not only do they deny that Jesus is the Christ, they deny that Jesus came and was incarnate, that he was in the flesh here as a man, 
and God fully, okay? Uh, that uh, they also deny not just Jesus, but they're denying the Father also. They're denying, and, and it's saying, that John is saying here, is like if they deny Jesus, they're also denying the Father. Like you can't have one and not have the other. And, and I know, for most of us, we hear this and we go, you know, that's, that's good. I mean, it's good to hear, you know, it's, you know but I, that's not me. I'm not ever in jeopardy of that. I think we have to be careful with that. I think we have to be careful with that thought of, like, I'm not in jeopardy of giving up a piece of, like, my, you know, of the doctrine that I so love and that I know that God has promised me and, and what he's done through his son Jesus and all this stuff. Because I, I, I see people right now that I, you know, and again, they went out from us, so what does that tell you? But I see people, and I know you've probably seen people too, that I would have believed with all my heart would have been holding on to the fence post of Jesus for their entire lives. Pastors even, that have gone so far off the rails that I mean, just, I mean, I'm like, how in the world did you, how in the world could you come so far off, you know, oh, that they're, oh, Jesus isn't the only way? What? Yes, he is the only way. And I think there's a lot of folks in a world that we live in that don't want to hear that there's one way. They want to, they want to believe that there's some other way. Like, like God's not good for giving us a way, you know. They want, they want so badly to like, you know, this other way. You know, well, if you're really good over here, you know, this, you know, I want, I want it to be, I want it to work out my way. Well, doesn't work that way. And just to be honest with you, we've talked about this. Like, how good is good enough? Because we're a bunch of sinners, and we're going to mess it up. And it's just the reminder that at the end of the day, we all just really need Jesus. There is no good enough. I guarantee you, if it was based on how good enough, I would, I'd be at the gate after I die, and they'd be like, oh, Chris, man, it's so good to see all you did a lot of good stuff, man. We're so glad. Oh, whoa, look at, oh, we got some stuff over here. I don't think that's going to work out for you. I think uh, you're out. You know, I'm going to just miss it if it's based on that. It's not based on that. Thank God. It's based on the work of Jesus. It's based on who Christ is. It's based on his righteousness and not my own. It goes on here in verse 23. It says, no one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. I love this. Verse 24. It says, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If you heard from the beginning, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. And then verse 25, this is so good. And this is the promise he made to us eternal life. Eternal life. So again, John is taking a second here in verse 24 and verse 25 too, but verse 24 especially, he's trying to encourage us back to what we know is the truth. And again, it's so easy to, it's so easy to say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I, I believe the truth. I'm always going to believe the truth. Look, I'm, look, again, we live in a world where a lot of people Veer, veer away from the truth. Like eventually, you know, something happens, something in life's hard, there's a moment, somebody, you know, they're letting somebody speak in it, whatever it is, and they start to question. And, it's, and listen, it's okay, to, I think it's okay, okay to 
question God. God can answer, can handle and answer our questions, right? He can, he can handle that. And I think there's a healthy way for us to do that, and especially as a church and as a body for us to be able to do that for one another and to have a place and to have, to have an atmosphere where we know it's okay to ask hard questions about who is God and why is this and why is that. Those are good things for us to do. But he says here, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us. Eternal life. Promises. Truth. Promises and truth are so much better than lies and deception. Lies and deception lead us to bad places. I can speak only for myself on this, but... um, at times in my life, I have struggled with depression. And the one common denominator that I have seen in my depression when it has hit me that I have begun to understand over the last many years and understand it a little more, I feel like, all the time, is that in those moments, what is really happening is I am, be- I am choosing to believe a lie or lies you know, sometimes multiple. And in believing that lie and believing those lies, I mean, you just go to a dark place, you know, and it's like all of a sudden you're there and you're just like, how in the world did I get here? I thought I was having a great day, you know. And because of maybe something going on around you or something, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand all the stuff of how we get triggered with stuff or whatever. But either way, I think what happens, at least for me, is... I find myself believing lies. Then, when I, when I can recognize what's going on in that moment, the only thing that makes it better is for me to be reminded of the truth, for me to be reminded of God's promises, the things that I know that he has for me that are true. John's giving us that. He's saying, hey, Come back to this. Always come back to this. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. Remember the truth. Let it be what, let it be what fills your heart. Let it be what rejuvenates you. If, you've heard from the, if, if what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, he says, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. God loves us. He cares for us. He wants what's good for us. Will we suffer at times? Yes, absolutely. It's all over Scripture. But he loves us. He cares for us. And he has promised us untold amounts of promises. Just go look them up. You can even Google them. You know, just make sure there's a Scripture to go with it, okay? Don't just, like, Google it. Oh, God promised you a million dollars next week if you pray real hard this one. No, that's called the prosperity gospel, okay? That is taught by an antichrist, okay? We'll get to that in a second, okay? Uh, In fact, verse 26, let's just go ahead and get to it now. It says, I write to you these things about those who are trying to deceive you. They are trying to deceive you. And so I think that our understanding of an antichrist is somebody, we already know that that they are liars, that they deny Jesus as the Son of God, they deny him as, you know, came in, you know, person as man and was still God. There's a lot of people, by the way, there's a lot of religions that, you know, love to tack Jesus on to their religion. 
But if you look at what separates them from Christianity, their understanding of who Jesus is is very different. And what they do is they you know, say, oh, Jesus came and he was a good guy and he might have been a prophet to them or something, but not the Son of God and not God himself, okay? So you see where this, this is a small difference, but that small difference is everything, Right? He goes on here in verse 27 says but anointing that you were, but the anointing that you received from him abides in you and you have no need that anyone should teach you but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie just as it has taught you abide in him so John is further you know saying abide in the Lord Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with the truth. Be careful who teaches you. He's also trying to help us to see this promise that he talked about in verse 20. Verse 20, he said, But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. So then further down here, then he gets into this, you know, Verse 27, but the anointing that came uh, that you received from him abides in you. You have no need for anyone to teach you. He's talking about the false prophets. You have no need for, you know, some liar, some deceiver to teach you. He's saying you have the ability, you have the ability through the Holy Spirit to understand the Scriptures. And this is huge for us. And people need to be reminded of this. And for us, as a, as a church even, I think it's so important for us to, to be reminded of this. And, and I was thinking about this last night as I, was, as I was thinking, I wonder what so-and-so says about this passage of Scripture. And I, and, I, and I literally would, like, Google, you know, that person's name. I'm talking about somebody that I trust as a teacher, a biblical teacher uh, who stands firm in the gospel. Uh, you know, and then, you know, like the word antichrist, you know. And then, <clears throat> you know, would find, you know, these little snippets of things from different people. Man, it's so... It's so great that we have those resources, you know. The trick is we have to figure out who we can trust. And we figure out who we can trust by what they believe. We have to know what they believe. We can't just take whatever's on TV or whatever's in our social media feed or, you know, whatever, you know. Otherwise, we'll be, you know, well, God won't give you any more than you can handle, you know, kind of stuff, which is not truth. God won't give you anything he can't handle. You know, we did a whole series on those things, including that one a few years ago. I think it's important for us to be reminded that we've got to come back to the truth. That means that we have to be trusting in the truth in of itself. Antichrists are Christ opposers. They are deceivers. They are liars. They are false teachers. And we have to watch out for them. 1 John 4, I'm going to read the other two passages that actually uh, contain the word antichrist so that we kind of have like a a hole here, if you will. Uh, Both are also in uh, the uh, letters of John. 1 John 4, 3 is the first one, and it says, And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. 
Okay, so it's not a, you know, oh, we got to watch out. They're, they're going to they're gonna come. No, they're here. Okay, they're here. But they're also not, you know, the movie version that we, you know, have all, you know, heard a lot about over the years and put so much stock in. And then, then later on in 2 John verse 7, we also see John share, it says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, there's the Jesus incarnate, uh, such as such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. So again, you know, we're kind of he's kind of keeping it all in the same vein, but he's trying to help us. He's trying to help us by giving us these warnings, you know. And I think for a lot of us, things like, okay, well, thanks for the warning, you know. What now? What? What do I, what do, I do with that now? Well. I think we can be reminded of the things that God has done for us. You know, if you go back through those passages, the things that we see is that we see that we've been anointed by the Holy Spirit, that God gave a gift of himself to us for us to be able to discern things in this life. It's also the thing that brings conviction to our hearts when we're in sin, right? We see that in verse 20. In verse 19, we see that if they had been with us, that they would have stayed, that some leave us, that some leave because it's, it finally doesn't make sense for them to stay as they are not truly believers. I, and I got to tell you, you know, I, I hate that. I hate, I hate, I hate when people don't make the ride. You know, I, I wish everybody that ever came to 24 would stick it out. But the truth is, is that somebody that's not really a believer, I don't know why they would stay around more than a week or two, you know. I mean, I guess maybe the fellowship's good and you know, they like the music. I don't know. It can't be because of me. I know that, you know. And so we're reminded that, you know, at least some of those that go out from us are anti-Christ. And also in verse 20, we understand that we have a knowledge. A knowledge of what? We have a knowledge of truth. Verse 21 talks about this, that we know the truth, and, God, and uh, John is affirming that in us here. He's also affirming in verse 24, let us let what you've heard from the beginning abide in you, that the truth is so important to us that we have to come back to it. We have to abide in, in the Father and in the Son. And in verse 25, that we have a promise, and that promise is eternal life. God's given us two things here. He's given us two things. He's given us the Holy Spirit, and he's given us his word. He's given us the Holy Spirit, and he's given us his word. Now, yeah, he's given us more than that. He's given us Jesus and all these things, but I'm, I'm saying specifically what John is trying to help us to see here, the things that help us combat deceivers, liars, antichrists from, from leading us astray is that we have to go back to trusting the Holy Spirit, okay? Not, not ourselves, but trusting the Holy Spirit and trusting truth, trusting his word. And it brings about the question, what are you abiding in? What are you abiding in? Are you abiding in what other people say to you, about you, about the world around us? What, what are you abiding in? Because we all know that truth doesn't look a whole lot like a lot of the world around us, especially right now. It's easy for us to abide in lies and other people. 
Are you abiding in a decision to be made? Are you abiding in a job? Are you abiding in attaining something? What we abide in changes everything, even, even the small things in life. The funny thing is that the truth always sets us free. The truth always sets us free. It's easy to believe the hype. Back in the 80s and 90s, there was some fantastic music being made in the hip-hop genres. A lot of it I don't condone. I'm not saying you should go listen to it. But I did. Okay? So one of them in particular that stands out to me uh, was a group called Public Enemy. And Public Enemy had this guy named Flavor Flav. Now, some of you know Flavor Flav from another show. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about, uh, some of you are sad, because I'm not going to talk about that, I guess, okay? Uh, you know, the, I'm here to talk about the real Flavor Flav. I'm here to talk about the Chuck D and Flavor Flav. These two guys made up the group Public Enemy. And Flavor Flav was known as what we call the hype man. But even better than that, and I think part of the reason why he got the term, which the term got used around beyond that, was because of a song that they did and a statement that he would say a lot, not just in the song named this, but across the board in other songs. And the statement was, don't believe the hype, right? No Public Enemy fans. Okay, that's probably a good thing. That's probably a good thing. Um, and so, uh, you know, but he would say, don't believe the hype, you know. And, and so, therefore, he became the hype man. Well, Flavor Flav was like, you know, Chuck D was like the serious guy on the mic, and Flavor Flav was more like a clown that, like, bounced around on stage, and he had a big old clock hanging around his neck, and he never even explained, he never could give, like, a good reason why there was a clock hanging around his neck. I've heard him, like, try to describe it at times. I'm like, that's, like, the worst reason ever. Uh, okay, I'm not buying it. Uh, you know, but either way, he became known as the hype man. In fact, Jay-Z... Before he was Jay-Z, was Jay-Zo, and he was the hype man for Big Daddy Kane. Hip-hop trivia 101. I know you don't care. Here's the truth. At times in life, we find ourselves believing the hype. We find ourselves thinking there's something better than this. There's something better than this truth. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm just going to adopt this little truth over here that's really not truth. It's really a lie, but I'm going like, to bring it into the fold of the truth that God has with me, and I'm going to tag it on, you know? I'm going to like just, you know, it, it's not hurting anything, right? It's not hurting anything. It is. Don't believe the hype. It is hurting things. It's hurting you. Our truth can't be built on lies. Our truth has to be built on the truth. And that, that's, that's what John is doing here is he's, I mean, he, he might as well be Flavor Flav dancing around on stage going, don't believe the hype, you know, without the clock and the crazy glasses and all that stuff. And John is trying to give us confidence about our relationship with Christ, 
confidence that comes in the truth that we've been already been taught, that we already know. Maybe you're a new believer. Maybe you don't know a whole lot. I'm, I'm here to tell you today, stand in the truth. Find out what Scripture says. You know, and if, and if you need help with, you know, uh, there's tons of tools these days. Tons of tools that can help us in doing this. We have lists of, of people and books and tools that we trust that are gospel-centered to encourage other people to use. Don't be afraid to ask us. We love sharing that kind of stuff with people. But be reminded of this. The truth will set you free. God's promises are always better than the lies I'm buying in those moments. Lots of truths are being thrown around these days. Lots of truths are being thrown around these days. But we have to stand in the truth. And God has given it to us, and we know the truth, and we stand in the promises of God, and we can stand in his word, and we can trust in Jesus, and we can receive eternal life. Verse 25. Proverbs 3, I want to read this to you and we'll close. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. We have the spirit and the truth. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe the hype. Believe the truth. Let's pray. God, thank you for your truth. God, we desperately need it every day. God, help us to seek it. Help us to grow in our relationship with you. God, help us to be reminded it's not just about head knowledge, but Lord, it's so much more than that. It is, it is, it is the relationship that we have with you and that you want to guide us and you want to speak to us. You want to do great things through us understanding your truth. Lord, help us. Help us. We need your guidance. We need your leading in our lives to do exactly that. God, you are truly amazing, and what you've done for us is truly amazing through your son, Jesus. God, thank you for giving us a foundation to start with. Thank you for giving us the most integral piece of it all and helping us to understand, Lord, that all we have to do is trust in you. God, I pray for anyone right now that hasn't trusted in you to be their Savior. God, I pray that today would be the day that they put their faith in Jesus. God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for your blood shed for our sin that we might be forgiven. God, I pray that you would forgive right now anyone that's never trusted in you until this moment. God, I pray, Lord, that they would say today, Lord, I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. I believe in you today and what you've done through your son Jesus on the cross. Save me today from my sin, from myself. Lord, thank you for all this. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen.